Welcome to Family Bible Hour, a broadcast of the Sunday morning worship services of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 9 through 18. And in our series, No Worries, today we're looking at the fear of being alone. The fear of being alone. According to an October 2013 article in the Atlantic Magazine, uh, and you can get certain references. I, I don't get my philosophy of life from the Atlantic, but uh, you can get certain references there. Over the last 50 years, while society has been growing more and more prosperous and individualistic, our social connections have been dissolving. We volunteer less than we used to. We entertain guests at our homes less often than we used to. We're getting married less. We're having fewer children. We have fewer and fewer close friends with whom we'd share the intimate details of our lives. We are denying our social nature, and we're paying a price for it. Over that same period of time, That social isolation has been increasing. Our levels of happiness have gone down, while rates of suicide and depression have multiplied. We're going to talk about the fear of being alone today. One author wrote this, people today will admit any problem, drugs, divorce, alcoholism, But there's one admission that people are loath to make, whether they're a star on television or someone who is a repairman. It's just too embarrassing for them. It penetrates too deeply to the core of who they are. People don't want to admit that sometimes they are lonely. Loneliness is such a humiliating malady that it ought to have its own politically correct euphemism. It ought to be called relationally challenged, the author said. Anything to make it safer to confess. Well, I want to talk about this today. Everyone needs some alone time, but no one wants to be lonely. All of us have times when we just need to be by ourselves. But no one should live a life just all by themselves. It's probable that everyone has times of feeling lonely. Excuse me. For some, those times are more frequent. But nobody is immune from it. Everybody has felt lonely. I'm I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But if I ask you to raise your hand and you were able to really think back in your life and I said to you, how many of you in this room have had a time in your life where you felt lonely? Every hand in this room would go up if you're completely honest. A good example of someone being lonely and being honest about it is the Apostle Paul. Paul is writing to his friend and protege, Timothy. And he writes these words in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 9. Do your best to come to me soon. 
quite a start, isn't it? For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the book, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Those are the words of a lonely man. Can you tell that? He, uh, He had one friend there with him, Luke. had several friends at one time. But he is very... <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> he is very lonely. There's a parallel between the way that <clears throat> Paul felt and the way that all of us feel from time to time. Let's just start with where, how he's feeling. Paul <clears throat> felt lonely. You don't even have to read between the lines to pick up on Paul's feelings. He starts out, do your best. to come to me soon. Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. Luke alone is with me. Paul's loneliness is obvious. It's very obvious. Now, why do we have times of loneliness? Why do we feel lonely? I'm sorry, I haven't had this problem in several weeks. But it's back today. Hello, trouble. Well, let me give you two or three reasons that sometimes we feel lonely. First of all, it's absence. Some of you have experienced long periods of absence from the people that you know and the people you love and people who love you. You've served in the military or you had a job assignment. Maybe you're away from school. You had waves of loneliness wash over you. Being absent for a while can really make you feel lonely. Some of you felt that. How many of you have been in the military? Would you raise your hand? You've been in the military. There were lonely times in the military, weren't there? How many of you have someone that you care about who's in the military right now and away from you? Anybody? Yeah. I know you're waiting for your Marine to come home, aren't you? Yep, pretty soon. All of us have had those times of absence. Sometimes the absence doesn't have to be for a long period of time. It can just be for a long distance. It can be a short period of time for a long distance. We can anticipate the loneliness. When Jan and I sent our youngest son, Paul, 
<clears throat> away to Argentina. After he graduated from college, we sent Paul away for a year, um, ended up to <clears throat> Argentina and Costa Rica. And he, <clears throat> we sent him there primarily for the purpose of becoming bilingual and <clears throat> to learn Spanish, which he did. We put Paul on that airplane <clears throat> and he flew 10 hours. It's 10 hours from Atlanta <clears throat> to, um, to Buenos Aires, Argentina. 10-hour flight. That's a long flight. <clears throat> so he was 10 hours away by jet airplane. We sent him down there. And I want to tell you something. We cried. We cried uncontrollably. <clears throat> and we cried for days. I can remember sitting at the supper table with Jan and <clears throat> I would start to eat and I said <clears throat> you'll have to excuse me and I can remember going up going back into our bedroom back into my walk-in closet closing the door and just sobbing I was lonely I <clears throat> projected <clears throat> how Paul must have been feeling into my feelings. <clears throat> and, and I was, was lonely. Loneliness is a very real problem, and it comes to all of us. If you feel lonely because you're away from the people <clears throat> that you knew and grew up with, please believe that all of us <clears throat> understand that. We should understand, <clears throat> actually, to the point of being available to you. Maybe this service today will be the beginning of making your relationship to your church family <clears throat> a more personal part of your life. Some people come to church, <clears throat> sit down, hear the sermon, the music, get up and go out. <clears throat> There's more uh, to, for your life here than, than the sermon and the, the music. Paul felt lonely <clears throat> because of his absence from the life that he loved, the ministry to which he was called. <clears throat> Second, Paul felt lonely because of abandonment. Paul felt lonely because of the absence and because <clears throat> there had been some people who were close to him who had abandoned him. Paul is writing from a prison in Rome. He'll never get out of prison. He'll die. <clears throat> He'll be put to death. He's awaiting certain <clears throat> death. And it appears that even though he was in prison, there were <clears throat> the opportunity for people to visit with him. He had friends and associates, a guy named Demas, who eventually forsook him, and Cretans and <clears throat> Titus and all. Tychicus went on a, a missions trip that Paul sent him on. Luke, Luke was still there. <clears throat> Paul just watched his support system leave him. He just watched it happen. He, <clears throat> he stood there or sat there and watched them go away. It's one thing <clears throat> to be uh, absent, but it's quite another to feel loneliness because of abandonment, <clears throat> because people who should have stood by you left you. That's a hard thing to deal with. <clears throat> abandonment happens when people decide to separate from you. They decide to, <clears throat> to forget you. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but a lot of you have been divorced. A lot of the people walking on the street today have been divorced. You can't <clears throat> go through a divorce, I wouldn't say, I would say it's difficult, I'll put it that way, <clears throat> to go through a divorce without feeling the sense of abandonment. 
without feeling like I, I've, been, I've been left alone here. I've been, <clears throat> I've been abandoned. And to be honest, that is a horrible, horrible feeling. <clears throat> when someone is absent from a regular presence in our lives, it's <clears throat> difficult to stay involved in their lives because they've abandoned us. <clears throat> they have left us. And let me just say this, that if somebody has, is absent from your life because of <clears throat> being at boot camp or being wherever it may, else it may be, don't abandon their lives. <clears throat> just because they're absent, don't abandon them. It's a big mistake. Why did <clears throat> Paul feel lonely? Because of absence, <clears throat> because of abandonment. And I want <clears> to <throat> give you one more reason for loneliness, and this was not the problem that Paul had. It's, it's more of a, <clears throat> a 21st century problem. In fact, this is one of the reasons that I, I wrote this message, is because of this, and that is alternative. Sometimes <clears throat> we're lonely because of alternatives. While social media has become <clears throat> the preferred method of communication in the world today, it is not human contact. Social media is not human contact. You can have a thousand Facebook friends yet eat alone for every meal and go for days without hearing a live voice speaking to you unless somebody calls you trying to fix your computer over the phone. Some of you, some of you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with your iPhone. <clears throat> That's your companion. <clears throat> or you have lunch every day with your iPhone. Or you have <clears throat> dinner with your iPhone. In fact, <clears throat> we have become so accustomed to texting and tweeting and <clears throat> updating our status that the idea of telling someone how we are doing, <clears throat> what we are thinking, is, is foreign. I can remember seeing a, an episode on television of, um, <clears throat> of the, uh, the Big Bang Theory. And uh, I think the guy's name is Kutrapali. And he's the one that's afraid of, of girls. And <clears throat> he met his counterpart. And his counterpart was just as afraid of guys. And so they went on a date. Have I got the name right? Is it Kutrapali? Is that the one? <clears throat> they went on a date, and they stared at each other and <clears throat> just stared until finally one Kutrapali held up his finger, and he took out his, his <clears throat> iPhone, and he texted her. And she said, oh, and she smiled, and she texted him back. <clears throat> so they had a text date like that. That's a little bit funny, <clears throat> but I will tell you this. It's really, really real. There are a lot of people today <clears throat> who are living there. I'm a fan of social media. <clears throat> I am. I enjoy it. But I'm also a fan of human contact. I'm a fan of conversation. I'm a fan of touching people. I'm a fan of shaking hands. <clears throat> I'm a fan of getting to know what someone looks like. I'm a fan of looking in someone's face and saying, um, you look like you've... Uh, um, maybe have, are losing weight. You look great. I'm a fan of, of saying, are you feeling okay today? 
I'm a fan of saying, you sure look happy. I'm a fan of saying, what's going on in your life? You've got a, a new <clears throat> pep in your step. It's good to enjoy a, a day in our pajamas once in a while, sitting around doing nothing and never get out of our pajamas and stay at home by ourselves. But it's bad <clears throat> to live like that. A five-year-old study of over 1,100 people found that socially connected senior citizens had a, a severe percentage or a, a drastic percentage reduction uh, in the decline of their cognitive skills. In other words, <clears throat> they stayed brighter and more in touch longer. Studies have shown that the a simple thing such as human contact like holding a mom's hand uh, for a child or even as an adult <clears throat> lowers blood pressure for people. Human contact's an important thing. <clears throat> Let's put it on the level that relates to us today. Going to church is a vital uh, part of our spiritual health, but it is also important to our mental and <clears throat> our physical health. We need contact. <clears throat> I look out and I, I see how you're sitting. And uh, I, I see Andrew and Sarah back there. And Andrew has his arm around his wife, Sarah. And, you know, there's something <clears throat> about that human contact that is comforting, that's encouraging. It's helpful. Now, he could be sitting aside from her, and they could have a space between them, which would be okay. And he could text her and say, what do you think of this sermon? <clears throat> and she could text him back and say, what do you want for lunch? <clears throat> and he could text her back and say, I see what you think of this sermon. <clears throat> Look, we need the human contact. And I want to say this to my friends who are watching on television and to some of you who sometimes miss the service, but you say to me, Pastor Ray, I missed the service, but I, I watched you on TV. I want to tell you something. You are missing a vital part of God's house. It's not the same thing. <clears throat> you need the human contact because of the loneliness that is in our world today. We need the, and the Bible says that we need that human contact. Hebrews 10, 25, <clears throat> not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, <clears throat> but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I, I want <clears throat> to say this, and I say this advisingly and lovingly to those of you who watch every Sunday by television, and this has become your church. Stop it. <clears throat> you need to turn the TV off get yourself dressed and go to church. You say, what, well, <clears throat> preacher, I don't get out much anymore. Do you go to the grocery? <clears throat> Do you ever go to Walmart? I know you go to Walmart. I've seen pictures on the internet of you at Walmart, and you'll just dress any old way <clears throat> to go to Walmart. You've got to get out of church. You say, well, I don't feel like going. That's why you've got to go. <clears throat> because the more you feel like not doing something, the harder it is to, to do. A body in motion, what does the commercial say? <clears throat> Stays in motion. A body at rest tends to stay at rest. We've got to get up and go. Hi, Sarah. 
<clears throat> we've got to get up and go. We've got to get up and move. Get out of our comfort zone. Get Not out of our comfort zone. Get out of our catatonic zone. And get with <clears throat> one another. So if you, like Paul, have feelings of loneliness, what should you do? <clears throat> and again, we're all in the same boat. We've all felt lonely. Here's the second thing. Paul addressed his loneliness. First thing Paul did <clears throat> was to realize who he did have around him. He started out with this. Luke <clears throat> alone is with me. I think that's the first thing is we have to realize that we do have people with us. I'm sure that Paul was grateful to have Luke, even though he would request more company from Timothy. By being here today, all of us have somebody. You say, I don't have anybody. I'm I'm here by myself. Yes, you do. You you have somebody here. You haven't found them. Maybe they've not spoken to you yet, or you've not spoken to them. But you have somebody here today. That's part of the reason that you need to be here is so that you won't be here alone, <clears throat> that you can see who you have. Our tendency is to dwell on what we don't have instead of being thankful for what we do have in our lives. If we make ourselves <clears throat> available, there are people out there for us. Everybody has got somebody. Who do you have? <clears throat> don't say, I don't have anybody, because you do. You have somebody. I have, I have been, look, I travel some. And I've been in airports. And I have seen people walk by together, either friends or in a relationship or married or something. And, and to be real honest with you, there's nothing, not one thing attractive about them to me. <clears throat> not one thing. But they're attracted to each other. Have you ever thought to yourself, well, I guess everybody has somebody when you see a situation like that? <clears throat> you, ever, you ever had that thought? Well, that's the truth. Everybody has somebody. We just have to realize who we have. And, and here's the second thing to do. <clears throat> we have to reach out. Of course, Paul was writing <clears throat> to Timothy, and he wanted him to hurry to his side. He said, do your best to come to me soon. But he also reached beyond Timothy, and he asked for someone else. And this is interesting. He said, get John Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Now, the thing that's interesting about that is there was a time when Paul had no use for John Mark at all, none whatsoever. There was a time when Paul had a big falling out over the very person that he just requested that Timothy bring with him. Look at Acts chapter 15 and verse 36. And after <clears throat> some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we have proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark, <clears throat> but Paul thought best not to take uh, with them uh, one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement Now, here's what that means. They were fussing. Paul and Barnabas were at it. A sharp disagreement that they separated from each other. Paul said, look, tell you what, let's do. Look, I'm Simon, you're Garfunkel, let's go our own ways. We can't keep this up. We're going to have to break the group up right now. If you believe 
that we're still going to have to have Mark play the drums. Uh, I'm telling you, he's no good at it, and he's, he didn't show up for a bunch of concerts, so we're not going to go forward as uh, Paul and Barnabas. We're going to break the group up right now. I'm going somewhere. In fact, I'll pick up somebody else. And he did. He picked up a guy named Silas. <clears throat> That's what it says. Uh, but uh, Barnabas took Mark and <clears throat> sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. Now, here's an interesting thing about this. This is very, very interesting, and I, you know, it's probably another sermon another time. Maybe it's never a sermon. <clears throat> it appears that God blessed both, both groups. <clears throat> Simon found a new partner, and, and uh, he went one way, and Garfunkel found a new partner. He went one way, and they both ended up having <clears throat> selling more platinum records. They both did <clears throat> really, really well. However, by reason of time and maybe realizing that he was wrong about Mark or just being lonely, now <clears throat> Paul reaches out and he asked not only for Timothy, but he asked for Mark too. Bring Mark. I think he'd be good for the ministry. Now, is this the same Mark, Paul, that you and Barnabas split up over? Yeah, it's the same one. Uh, is this the one that you said was a quitter and <clears throat> wouldn't stick around and helping. Yeah, that's, it's the same one. Well, why do you want him now? Well, you know, I found out differently about him, or <clears throat> I realized that I, I shouldn't have gotten so upset about it, or truth is, I don't have anybody else. When you're lonely, you got to reach out. You have to. And then <clears throat> here's the third thing. you got to respond. Lonely people, and remember this, that this is all of us at some point, all of us. <clears throat> we should be reaching out to other people and respond to those who are reaching out to us. Here, here are three <clears throat> reaching, who are reaching out to you, asking for your fellowship. I want to give you three that right now are reaching out to you. First of all, God is reaching out to you right now. You should respond to the Lord. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. You say, I don't have anybody. You've got somebody knocking at your heart's door <clears throat> right now. Right this very second. Hebrews 13, 5 says, For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Look, God loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And he is dedicated to stay by you at all times. He just wants you to answer the door. Just answer the door. That's all that he wants. How do you answer the door when somebody rings your doorbell or knocks on your door? I answer in a panic. I answer in a run. I, you know, UPS guy came the other day. Janet ordered a, a pad to, to go under a, a, a seat the, in her car and, uh, for a, a child restrainer seat. And <clears throat> UPS guy, I mean, boom, I'm, I run to the other room. One of these days, that's how I'm going to die, actually. I'm going to trip and fall, hit the, uh, a corner, get a concussion, what killed him? UPS guy. <clears throat> I do. I run to the door. That's the way I answer my cell phone. 
my cell phone quacks. I've, I've, I've changed my ring to a quack, and I like it. I like the quack. And when I hear that phone quacking, I, man, alive, I'll throw things and run to the other room. And I, I mean, I, I, I look like Curly. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> How do we respond to God when he's knocking on our heart's door? Ah, it's just God. It's just God again knocking on the door. Look, God loves you. God wants to have a relationship with you. Most of us came to church today looking for something, and the first thing that any of us should hope to have is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. God wants you to receive His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior so that you can have a relationship with Him. You say, but doesn't God love me anyway? He does love you anyway. But you cannot have a relationship with God until you receive His Son. You can't. It is through His Son that you have a relationship with Him. John 1.12, But to all who receive Him, who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. <clears throat> My daughter-in-law, Lindsay, who's going to have a baby in May, Emerson is going to be her name. It's with a Y, not an O at the end. Emerson. Emerson emailed me this week and Grand Jan and her mom and dad, and she said, I want to ask you if, and and she's really hesitant about doing this, but she said, there's kind of a, a problem among little babies these days with whooping cough, and it's bad for adults, but it can be fatal for babies. She said, I'm just asking if y'all would just consider, just consider making sure that you have that, uh, is it Tdap? Is that what it's called? That, that booster? And uh, so she asked us to, to go and do something like that. Now, I want to tell you something. <clears throat> if, uh, and I love you. But if one of you walked up to me after the service and said, I want you to go uh, this week and I want you to get a shot. I want you to schedule a time when you will go and you will take your shirt off in front of people, which I don't do. You'll take your shirt off and they will put a needle in you and pump medicine in you. I want you to go do that. I will say, no, I'm not going to do that. However, And if Lindsay had said that, and Lindsay is a nurse practitioner, had Lindsay just, you know, had I just met her and out at the mall somewhere and she said, hey, you look like a guy that needs a Tdap booster. I would say, uh, no, I don't look like that. Yeah, I'm a nurse practitioner. Well, that's good. Go practice your nursing somewhere else. But let me tell you what happened with Lindsay. Several years ago, Lindsay married my son Paul she used to attend church here and and had no interest in Paul when she was a student here she sat right over in this section over here she had no interest in Paul whatsoever I loved her as a college student was glad she was here but I had no relationship to her other than that but when she married Paul and then they are she is now carrying a baby that's going to be my grandchild when she said would y'all consider 
that thing hadn't even landed on my inbox until I replied to all and I said, absolutely, we'll get it done. <clears throat> and I went on Friday. Now, here's the problem with that. When you call your doctor, my doctor's Dr. Thacker. He is a member of our church. He's not here today. It's probably a good thing because I'm going to say something bad about him. <clears throat> when you call your doctor and you ask for a shot, they find reasons to give you more shots than you asked for. Well, let me look at your chart. So I ended up getting more than one shot. <clears throat> but the problem is this, that, or, or the, the, the point is this, I have a relationship with Lindsay through my son Paul. I have a relationship with God who loves me through his son Jesus. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? It's a matter of simple repentance and faith. Realizing that, that you, like all of us, are sinners and turn to Jesus Christ. And by faith you can receive him today, and you should, and we'll give you that opportunity. God is reaching out to you. Please respond to him. Here's the second one to respond to. You should respond to the church. We opened our doors this morning, as we do every Sunday and days between, because we're reaching out to you. Sunday school and Bible studies and youth group and children's ministry, all that we are and do are all part of who we are because we know the importance of, of not only glorifying God, but we know the importance of human contact and friendships. It's vital. We do not want you to be lonely in the middle of this fellowship. Now, as I say that, some of you are saying to yourself, well, that's ironic because that's how I feel. I feel lonely in the middle of this fellowship, and we don't want that, and we're, we're getting there. I know that's how you feel. I'm asking you to respond to us. We need to respond to you, but please respond to us. I'm sure that, that you have friends in other areas of your life, but making friends in your church family is a priority. It's a priority to have friends here. The friendliest church in the world will not fulfill anyone's uh, sense of being alone until they respond to it. Respond to God. Respond to the church. Respond to people. It's an interesting thing. On an airplane, that's a good study in social behavior. <clears throat> As people board a plane, they assume a social structure. Many, if not most, go into a complete privacy mode. Most people go into the privacy mode. Doesn't matter where they sit, they're going to go into the privacy mode. They're not really going to speak unless they have to. You're sitting in my seat is a conversation. <clears throat> that's the most that they do. And it changes very, very little. If you're traveling with, uh, 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 if, if you're traveling alone, you can go in, you can sit down beside somebody. You can have an entire uh, two or three hour flight or a 30 minute flight or whatever and rarely say anything. I have been on airplanes uh, flying to other countries where I sat beside someone and they were of another uh, uh, nationality and we sat there we, we sat side by side, and we slept. We went to sleep side by side. Now, I sleep in the bed with my wife. We know one another quite well. But I can actually sit on an airplane and sleep in a seat beside a complete stranger and never carry on a conversation. That's just the way that it is. It's a, it's a picture of social, uh, the social world. In a cabin full of people, there's limited interaction, and that's usually by choice. 
Now, if you feel lonely, I hope it's not because you choose to be isolated from the contact of other people. I really hope that's not true. Well, let me get to the end of this thing. What finally happened? Well, what finally happened is that Paul took action. He did something about his loneliness. He reached out to Timothy. A pastor usually feels the need to make sure that everyone has a handshake and a friendly greeting. But to address loneliness, there has to be more. Has to be more than that. This is a serious matter that affects every part of life. All of us need to take some kind of an action to address the ever-growing problem of loneliness in this world in which we live. LOL is not a conversation. And that's, that sometimes is the extent of the way that we interact with other people. Somebody sends you a funny thing through Messenger or on Facebook, and the response is LOL. And there are other variations of LOL that I'll not go into. But we have to take action. The first action is to make sure that you have that friend that sticks with you closer than a brother and have that friend forever. That's Jesus. That's the base layer. The base layer of ridding yourself of loneliness is to know that you have answered the knock at the door to your heart. And if Jesus is trying to gain entrance into your heart and life, open that door and let Jesus in. And, and first and foremost, that is absolutely vital. That's the first thing. But secondly, make sure that you're connected to a church family. Be connected to your church family. Please find a, a friendship here. Please find a group of friends here. Please find a purpose and a place for yourself in this church. Find a Sunday school class and attach yourself to that Sunday school class. Better still, Sunday school classes, find people who are unattached and attach them. You must have friends in this church. You have to take action. And for those of you who attend but have not yet joined, I really encourage you to join. I encourage you to attach yourself to this group of people here and to become friends with the people of this church. Membership is the beginning of a new level of personal fulfillment in the church family. It is vital. It is so very important. We're going to love you regardless of whether or not you ever join, but the truth is that when you're a committed part of the church, you will uh, rid some of that loneliness of your life. Now I know this person. Now I know that person. Now I belong here. It's important. And then finally, connect with the people around you. Find, make friendships and fellowships your priority. It'll help you. It'll help everybody. You've been listening to the Family Bible Hour, a broadcast ministry of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida, with your speaker, Dr. Randy Ray. You can visit us at North Florida Baptist Church, 3000 North Meridian Road, Tallahassee, Florida, 32312. Visit us online at nflchurch.com. Dr. Ray invites you to join him next week for the Family Bible Hour.